Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tuesday's musical episode of Agitators Anonymous. I am Alan Averill. And today's bonus episode, I guess, doesn't get more rock and roll, as it's me and Adi from Solstafir talking about Motorhead. We're taking the first I guess 14, 15 years of the band's career up until 1990. And just going over the albums, discussing it. I mean, if you have somehow come to the podcast um, because of the culture, the politics, all that kind of aspect, just the chat and the banter and the, the charm and the wit, or however you have found your way here and you aren't actually into heavy metal or rock and roll, well then, this would probably be a great place to start your journey. And that's with possibly the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Certainly the band that launched more than a, you know, the face that launched a thousand ships, the without whom band, the uh, prime mover, let's say, when it comes to rock rock and roll, and also a band that never, ever was uncool. Somehow managed to gather all the strands of, whether it was punk rock or new wave British heavy metal or rock and roll or heavy metal, and, um, you know, just combine them all without ever somehow seeming out of time, out of touch. They never had an awful electronic phase or they never, they never, you know, cut their hair and decided, hey, let's all look like Depeche Mode or whatever. They were always just Motorhead and they were always just super cool. So maybe if you don't know Motorhead and somehow, like I said, you've found your way to Agitators Anonymous through simply being agitated and irritated and wanting to hear me talk about the World Economic Forum and Davos and etc., which is coming on Friday, as Friday will be the political wing of the conversation. I think we're going to move back towards maybe talking about some um, some more political stuff that's been happening, although I've you know constantly been threatening that. Now, some of you who are over on my YouTube channel who see the videos and also subscribe to the podcast might be wondering... Alan, when the hell are you going to give us something original on a Tuesday? Well, in fairness, I have quite a backlog of videos and some interesting and great chats for the Tuesdays. So we might as well and put some of them out there. And also because this week, apparently me and Adi from Salter are recording part two 
of the Motorhead debate. So it seemed kind of prescient that we should that I should post this one up today. And also, I suppose this week there's been some rumours in the heavy metal rock press. Um, I guess some scurrilous journalist, journalists trying to, I guess, you know, defame the dead, trying to sort of paint um, Lemmy Kilmister as some sort of Nazi sympathiser, that kind of thing. Which, let's be honest, most of the heavy metal rock red top the sort of, and by red top I mean the sort of gutter press if you want. This is their constant claim against musicians um, involved in metal and rock, really. Um, and look, it's, it's something that's part of the broader society we live in. There are certain isms and phobias which get the clicks. And those, many of those sites have seen their, um, their click-through rates um, just being decimated by social media. Nobody goes to those sites for um, news anymore. They get it direct from, you know, Instagram or whatever. I'm talking about rock or metal news. So they need to generate clicks. So what better way to dredge up some controversy than by talking about um, old stories or, oh, Lemmy wore this uniform and this, that and the other. And of course, he isn't here to defend himself or which he would have done vociferally and of course did many times. Um, and all you need to do is YouTube one of those and you will find your answer, as Lemmy tells you exactly what's what. What's words worth? Anyway, my friends, um, today's bonus Tuesday rock and roll episode formerly appeared as a video cast over my YouTube channel, which all you do need to do is just search Alan Averill. There'll be some new videos coming along very soon. Um, and this is me and Addy from Solstafir from Iceland, just talking about Motorhead. Take it away. This is pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool. Four quid, Resurrection Records. It's one of the best um, band photos. That and uh, the one where I mean, they're... I mean, where, where, where does Bathory image come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, they do look a bit... They do look a little bit like Manowar, you have to admit. Yeah, I mean, you know, Manowar, of course, then comes Bathory, but, you know. Yeah. This is kind of cool, right? It's very cool. I know. So, uh, I didn't find my... Uh, CDs. That's what I was, I was looking for. I mean, you know, I've just unboxed some CDs recently. They've been in storage for years, and I can't find half of them. I mean, and I didn't. Owen, what's that? It's an original Orgasmatron shirt from 1980. Whatever. Did you get that? it? Or did you get it when you were 12, or did you buy it secondhand? No, I got this when I was 13. Actually, um, very strange. Um, a girl I used to sit beside in technical drawing class one day came wow. into, it's about 1988, came in and said, my brother is into heavy metal, but he's got out of it now. He, I, I have four t-shirts for you. Got uh, out of it like he was in prison or something. Yeah. And it was like 1988. And so there was like Wasp, Motley Crue, Motorhead and something else I didn't like. All uh, right. And my friend beside me, he goes, oh, I'll have the Wasp shirt. And I said, I'll have the Motorhead shirt. And nobody wanted the Motley Crue shirt. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's the that's the best Motorhead thing I own. Although now that you say it, CDs. Hang on. What you getting? Should have prepared this beforehand. Yeah, I I was trying to, but then you called, you cunt. <laughs> uh, I was trying to find more stuff. Uh, I did find most of the uh, classic albums, but uh, I did have some stuff, you know. 
some okay. 90s, 90s CD stuff that I can't seem to find. What you got? Oh, you got your CDs there. Yeah, and my records, yeah. But aren't they like uh, SPW standard CDs S- or what? SP what? S, what's it called? Fuck v. off. <laughs> v. Um, what do you yeah. call it? V. Venom, not Venom. That, that's what I said, you cunt. No, you said SPW. It's the same, right? No, V is different to we. Um, yeah, I fear, I mean, of the newer albums I have here, Sacrifice, 1916, Overnight Station, Snakebite Love. And I'm, yeah. sure I, I'm sure I have hammered and sacrificed. I only have, I only have one new. This is uh, that one. Oh, yeah. Not a bad record. No, not a bad record. Actually, let's, not, let's not start there. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. I mean, since we, we're not more pro, pro than that, I mean, we have like 42 albums to cover. 22, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, is this, that's excluding life and best of, right? Oh, I mean, the, the list of you had everything together is fucking insane. It's like 40-something. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not okay, going to... So- Check this out. Studio albums, 22. Live albums, 16. Compilation oh. albums, 16. Video albums, 10. Music videos, 34. EPs, five, 5. That can't be right. Oh, singles, 29. Box sets, 3. But I think I still think the box sets of 3 is pretty... It's got to be more than that, you know? Okay, so we are not doing uh, compilations and live albums, right? Um, well, I mean, I think you can talk about No Sleep Till Hammersmith, but I'd say everything else you could be, you know, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe go to, if you want to do part one and two, then it, it's kind of like you would go part one to somewhere like 1916 or yeah, Die. yeah. yeah. 1916 is probably a good yeah okay so the first one is motorhead motorhead okay but okay that's uh that's a good start this is a bit weird i mean that's this right yeah sure I, I but then again i find it a bit confusing because there's so many different versions of oh no hang on this is live okay so so hold on This here. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hang on, I have that. Where the fuck is my version of that? So this is supposed... But, Alan, it's a bit con- you know, confusing because there is moderate, moderate, and then there is uh, parole and parole. Okay. This is all the same shit, I mean. Yeah, and this is the same as those ones as well. In fact, I have this one as well, but I am I didn't find it in my... It must be there somewhere. Maybe I was listening to it and... Uh, didn't put it back. But, the, 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 I mean, prior to, I mean, Ace of Spades. No, uh, I mean, Overkill is first, of course. But prior to Overkill, it's all a bit confusing. I mean. Yeah, it is. It's according like- to, yeah, according to, sorry, I'm going to go to here. According to, for instance, Spotify, which is not, not the holy grail here. Uh it's Motorhead, Motorhead, which, of course, you know, would well, be that one. Well, let's look on um, Wikipedia. It says, this came out in August 77 on Chiswick Records. Interesting. Um, okay, are you talking about that one? Yeah. Okay, read me the track list on it. Um, Chiswick Records. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Okay, you've got Motorhead, Vibrator, Lost Johnny, Iron Horse, Born to Lose, White Line Fever, Keep Us on the yeah. Road, The Watcher, Train Sorry, kept but rolling. I have to stop you there because what I have here is only four songs. So this is just an EP. Okay. Well, that's bad. So, that means that I have that as well somewhere. But This is Big Beat ah, okay. Records. Big Beat Records. This is from 1988. Um, yeah, okay. Got four, that should have City Kids, Beer Drinkers, and Hellraisers on parole. I'm your witch doctor, which are um, all covers. Yeah, that's what I have here. Okay, so you, but that looks like you have that is the bonus tracks from the original released by that record. So okay. that must be a 12 inch that should come alongside in, uh, the normal version. Okay, so uh, on parole. It's kind of the same album as Motorhead Motorhead. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Uh, but this, is, this isn't it at all. This is what's Wordsworth, which is something else entirely different. Um, like I said, uh, okay. Okay, well, I mean, so, look, this, so, 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 so these here is exactly the same album, different I covers. Think, I think so, yeah. Uh, same track. So read me, uh, discover it, track list on Motorhead Motorhead. That's the, that's the same one as you've just... Uh, no, but this is cult, of course, on parole. But I'm just wondering, there's a slight difference in the track lists, but it's almost the same album. Uh, okay, right. No, sorry, I'm, I'm being confused here. Motorhead, Motorhead is first in 1977. On yeah. parole is 1979. So on parole feels like a sort of cash in of various other versions of the album from 77. So Motorhead, exactly. Motorhead is what I just read out on parole, which is the fourth release. That is the cover that you just put up there. Yeah, here, um, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, it has three different covers. Okay, it's like one, it's so classic Motorhead. Motorhead on parole, Vibrator, Iron Horse, Born to Lose, City Kids, The Watcher, Leaving Here, Lost Johnny, and Fools. Yeah, that's, that, so that's uh, on parole. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, on Motorhead, Motorhead, we have Vitaland Fever, Keep Us on the Road, Trend Kept Rolling. I mean, it's, only, it's almost the same album. Yeah, it's the same stuff. Anyway. I mean, so, it's, you know, it's great. It's a, but it's more like, kind of like you can hear the step from Hawkwind into, you know, kind of speedy barroom blues. Sure, but the only stuff that sort of lived into classic motor era is the Motorhead song. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, Iron Horse became. Well, Iron Horse sort of didn't he like play Iron Horse on Iron some Horse. of the live. On oh, horses, yeah. on no sleep till Hammersmith. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. exactly, exactly. Yeah, but you know, the watcher lost Johnny, leaving here, leaving here. I'm leaving here. That's a good song, though. Well, I mean, the track Motorhead, Motorhead is from Hawkwind, of course. Yeah, well. of course, you know, a little bit different version. So there are, okay, probably, but... there are probably Motorhead fans now who are screaming at us about not knowing all this stuff. Who? Um... Yeah, but 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 this is a bit confusing because it's not like. If if Overkill and Ace of Spades would have been the first album, mm. it's more simple because you know there's sort of solid albums. There aren't there aren't this many different uh, uh, EPs that consists of Ace of Spades. It's just no. an album. I mean, I think what happened is that um, they recorded an awful lot of. They went into the studio right to record like a single, came out with like 14 songs. They just hammered their way through, and I think that I might. It feels like nobody really owned the rights to them. And then lots of lay labels bought them yeah. for nothing, re-released them, changed the covers. I mean, you can find so many shitty compilations from the '80s of the same. Songs I mean, over and over it, again. 
it's almost like Motorhead is at the stage of being a demo band here yeah. because it, it, it's not even the classic lineup. I mean, this is as Lucas Fox on drums on some stuff and uh, Larry Wallace on guitar. So, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's almost like uh, Motorhead demo era. Yeah, I think they're just, I mean, like I said, I think they, um, they went in a couple of times to record uh, uh, like maybe two singles and ended up with 14 or 15 or 16 songs. You know, they just recorded their entire set. So I mean, like I said, I don't know. I I do have that one somewhere. Where the fuck? What the fuck? This is. I mean, this is like I said. This is recorded live, 1978 in the Roundhouse, and that this Roundhouse is, is it the same venue as yeah, yeah. that's still in Camden, yeah. Yeah. So this is the classic lineup, who have who are have done all the songs previously that um, they didn't play on it. It seemed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, it's great stuff, but it's it's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, it feels like the, the the classic motor that we know isn't really dialed into that tone and sound no. yet. No, exactly. And, and uh, let's just say if Motorhead would have uh, quit after on parole, yeah, they wouldn't have become because nothing has really happened yet. I mean, no. if, if Motorhead would have quit after Ace of Spades or Overkill, it's a different story. But, uh, you know. No, they certainly wouldn't have been household names yet. But, you know. And it's also interesting, it's on Chiswick Records. That's the same label as um, my uncle's band, Radiators from Space. They made their first album. Chiswick um, actually was made, released the first two Screwdriver records. Um, they, were, they were like a sort of staple London um, punk sort of record. It's an unusual choice, maybe from Motorhead. I'm not sure. But I, I would imagine Lemmy was one of the dudes just hanging around the bar in 1977, dealing them all speed, who just got a, you know... Yeah. So on this album, I mean, Motorhead, of course, is a Hawkman song written by Lemmy. On Parole is Wallace. Uh, White Brother is Wallace. Iron Horse is uh, Taylor Brown Tramp. That's a cover then. It's a not Lemmy. City Kids uh, cover. cover of um, the... Pink Fairies, right? So, only songs here are the Lemmy is writing is uh, Motorhead and The Watcher uh, and Lost Johnny. Three songs yeah. he's writing here. So, you know, I think it's fair to say this isn't Motorhead yet. No, you're right. So, all the guys who are uh, with their voodoo dolls they can just shove it, right? <laughs> Voodoo dolls of who? You or me? Both of us, because we're not having our shit accurate here. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not even prepared. But who do you think has the most Voodoo dolls made of the me or you? It's, it has to be me, right? You are uh, 10 times more of a cunt than I am. So <laughs> you win that by miles. Yeah, but it depends about the people if they know they're Voodoo or not, I suppose. Sure. So, uh, so... Motorhead is about to start. Yeah. Right. Here we go. Uh, uh, so we go straight into uh, into Overkill. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking outrageous, really, when you think about it, that they went from this sort of decent blues rock band to, I mean, um, yeah, all right. To, uh, so, is this, uh, I'm looking, I have this... Uh, I have this, uh, let me see your underwear. 
my you have is it a, is it a color vinyl? My underwear is blank. No, it's a bronze records. What? So what? Uh, what year is your one? Originally, it was released by Bronze, so this is the old, the original one. My, this is uh, from nineteen eighty-six Legacy Records. Wow. Okay. So what's on your? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the this is the original one, on um, Bronze. But I I thought didn't Lars Ulrich talk about on the original uh, version of uh, Overkill? There was a photo of Lars puked all over Lemmy or something. No, I think that's um, uh, uh, that's too. It's too early for them to have. I think they he only met them in 1981, right, for the Iron Fist tour. Oh yeah, so that's uh, later. So yeah, it's later. This is um, this is according to Wikipedia, March 1979. So this is a modern picture of discovered, like well, maybe 15 years old. But it's quite okay. incredible to see how, within that short space of time, I mean, you go to the, of course, the iconic double pedal intro. Of overkill but already you can see i mean their image is perfectly honed you've got the bullet belts and the black shirts and they all look fucking cool already whereas you take a band like priest who you know first couple albums they're wearing like sashaying around wearing yeah like, exactly silk and stuff but there isn't a this one's the incredible things about motorhead there isn't a period there isn't one period where they ever weren't cool like they never looked ridiculous they never looked like um you know um, so so when did uh, my favorite here, my favorite cat, uh, Fast Eddie, joined? He must have joined in 79 then. I think he joined in 78, early 78. 78. Because he's not playing on any of the uh, on parole stuff. But that's, of course, older, yeah. Yeah, but he is playing on this. He is playing on the um, on this, which is 1978. So he's playing, he's on, playing this. on this. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So their whole... The, you know, the identity really got solidly formed. And you can hear it's a band who are rehearsing fucking so, every every night, fucking jamming out, fucking doing speed and fucking hanging out together. So, so tell me, we're talking about the image thing. Uh, I mean, we all know about Rob Halford, of course, with the uh, leather stuff and studs, but a bullet belt, that's yeah. not even Rob Halford. It's not even Black Sabbath. I mean, no, that's Lemmy pure, right? I don't know who would have worn one before. I mean... This is 79, and I mean, I don't see any of the Sex Pistols wearing them more. No. It became a GBH discharge thing afterwards, but um, I mean, no. I so, 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 so the punks and the cross punks, uh, they were not using, well, this is 79 for crying yeah, so there's out. No, there's, so, no, there's no cross punk yet, really. No, no, no. First discharge EP, I think, is 80. End of 80. I mean... And this, yeah, is, this is like the only band that really, I suppose, you could say brought punks, metalheads, yeah. boogie guys, status quo fans even to the table. Like it's it's the first record that um, just sort of you could see everybody going, yeah, all right, we can agree on this one, you know? Yeah. I mean, even exactly. though, you know, even though still, you know, no class and stuff, I mean, this is just ZZ Top Tush, right? Okay, let's go over this. Uh, let's let this is so many good songs here. Yeah, it's let's go. Let's go over the. I mean, you know, overkill. You know, it's yeah. just. Uh, I mean, nobody played double pedal like this really before. Like this. Well, 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 well. Let's go over that a little bit. Well, no, you hang put, on. You've got you've got Judas Priest on 1977 on um, staying class. No, 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 no. Let's go to uh, the purple uh, fireball. Okay. 
Uh, that's seventy-two-three. Yeah, I'm not saying nobody ever played double pedal. No, but you know, but but you know, this took a ticket, took a ticket, took a ticket. So you know, it's uh, but it became a lot of guys hadn't heard it like that before. But then again, guys like Lars, of course, had heard Deep Purple before. Um, Second mention of Lars, and we're only t- t- you know ten minutes. Yeah, away. it's gonna be a lot of them. Okay, so I mean, but Overkill, um, killer song. Yeah, total. Uh, it's even like Lemmy said, it's such a weird song. It's uh, has it begins three times, right? Yeah. No one does that. No, no. And it's also good. It's it's it solidified his bass tone, which is harder and heavier. I mean, the, I mean, the production here is incredible. I mean, stay clean. The way the drum rolls into the start. Oh, if I could get that drum sound for Primordial or anything I was doing, I would be so happy. The the lost art of the killer drum sound, you know. Yeah, it's always funny. They have so many. Uh, well, you can see they got proper mics here, so overheads and stuff. Stay clean. Uh, yeah, killer. Awesome song. I love that song. Yeah. What do you think he's singing about? <laughs> um, I think he's singing about being polite to your. Um, you know, when you're on a date, you know, not swearing. You think so? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, but I mean, you know, stay clean. I mean, he, he didn't really preach staying clean or sober. He never did that. Yeah, well, he did to other people when he kind of said, hey, look, don't, don't take cocaine, take speed. And uh, Sorry, maybe, it's, maybe, stay- it's not, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> he did talk against heroin strongly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Very much so. So maybe, yeah. I mean, could it be an anti-heroin song? I don't have to remember the lyrics. Another uh, I Won't Pay a Price uh, killer song. It's yeah. a crazy good song. There's an awful lot of incredibly good and tasteful guitar work in this album, which is veering into sometimes a little bit, um, you know, a little bit spacey, proggy. I mean, look at Capricorn. It's just like this dreamy kind of, kind of strange song that you w- would kind of, you wouldn't find on your average just like straight ahead boogie rock. Yeah, I mean, mention that, uh, but Capricorn sort of did, did sort of have a continuity life into f- programs in the future, right? Yeah. But I'll be your sister didn't. I mean, no. I pay, think- a price did, pay a price did not. I'll be your sister did not. No. Capricorn did. Yeah. No class. Yeah, of course. I mean, no class touched by ZZ Top. Just ZZ Top, yeah, yeah. Damage Case, uh, which Lars later would cover with Metallica. <laughs> Very good. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, also, Too Late, Too Late, which I think is a B-side from too Overkill. Late, too, too Late, Too Late isn't on. No, it's a, B, it's a, it's a B-side. Oh, yeah. From, from a single. True enough. True enough. From Overkill, I think. Yeah. Okay. Which Lars, of course, would cover with Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Metropolis. This is classic. This is a great, great. Song. Yeah. Metropolis. Did you? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me say that he wrote this. He was watching the movie Metropolis. Yeah. I mean, it even sounds like it should uh, be. It fits with the and movie. I have to tell you this. This was, uh, I saw this uh, commentary section from uh, some Motorhead DVD. And he's telling Phil Campbell this story. Said I was watching Metropolis movie, 
And I wrote the lyrics in five minutes. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Then Phil Campbell said, I'm glad you didn't watch Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah, it's a good comment. <laughs> so uh, Limp from Limp, it's a good song, but it yeah, didn't yeah. Uh, didn't uh, live. So I mean, you know, four four songs that really lived here. But it's a it's a classic. I mean, it's a it's not my favorite artwork, even though it's super iconic. You know, it's um, this is a fucking brilliant artwork. Mm. Yeah, no, it is great, but it's not my favorite Patanio art. What is? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Yeah, but no, okay. I mean, it's, it's a. St- I mean, look, if this is really the first album, which it realistically is, I mean, it's a Stonewall classic, you know. Yeah, I mean, this technically is a Mach 2 version of Motorhead, uh, or the first. Uh, this, is, this is like Appetite for Destruction style. I mean, this is I amazing. Mean, I mean, and just look at, I mean, add, you know, the aesthetic, the artwork, everything. It's kind of just before your fucking Maidens or whatever, and it's just, it says, like, fist in the face, fucking, like, it's a brutal fucking statement. Well, that was his whole agenda, to be the dirtiest, heaviest rock and roll band in the universe, and he su- sort of succeeded that. Yeah, no, entirely. I mean, it's, and it's 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 rock and roll in a, well, we'll get to that. That's a future reference. But, yeah, so then, there, but there is, um, the thing about it is, is that lots of bands by then, they were touring and playing so often that it's, they were making two albums a year. So well, like, they they like, they they kind of did. Yeah, later in the year you get. So this is only Overkill is March seventy nine. This is October seventy nine. So literally, like, what sort of? I have a bronze record here. Yeah, well then you have the original one, I guess. Let's see, where is it? Oh yeah. Fans records, yep. Yeah. Actually, mine is GWR. Okay, there you go. But the, co- the, the, co- the cover is in such a good shape. It's very hard to... Well, it looks like original. Yeah, yours looks oh, like yeah. original. Mine is 1986, GWR. Man, it feels like so many labels just bought their back catalog for nothing, and I'm sure the band saw fucking no money from any of these reissues. They were just bought mine- old... Mine only says uh, bronze records, nineteen seventy nine. But the thing is, the 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 cover is such in such a great shape. It's hard to believe that it's, it's so old. Mine is nicely creased. Again, another iconic cover. I would have maybe made the logo a different color. Personally. Is that the same? Is that the same guy? Draw, no, draw no this is not Patanio. Can't okay. be. Um. What color would you have chosen for the? Um... Well, I thought I thought that you could stand out a bit more, couldn't it? So I would have chosen personally. I would have chosen a, a logo the same color as this, sort of bronzy. Oh, uh, okay. But no, they didn't consult. Anyway, but they didn't I'm, consult I'm t- me on this. No, too bad, too bad. <laughs> but it is uh, artwork, though. But I don't know this album. Uh, it's almost like underrated, I would say. I think so. I would agree with you. I don't think it's as good as Overkill, but I think it is definitely underrated. Yeah, because Overkill is not neither underrated or overrated. It's a fucking brilliant of an album. Yeah. Uh, it has more hits, but this one, of course, has Bummer, which is a great, great song. 
Oh, uh, you mentioned too late, too late, too late, too late. You see, mm, is a bonus on the CD. Okay, so it's a B. Is the B version uh, an outtake of uh, Bomber? Then I think it might be the B side of the single Bomber. And also yeah. the song over the top. It's really strange that they would leave Bomber to be the last song. To me, Bomber is is the standout song on this album. It's one of my favorite. Well, favorite you're, you're right. I mean, why would you do that? It's like having. Why would you put Number of the Beast? First on side two, Number the Beast, the song has to be to start. You don't start Invaders, which is what one of the weakest songs on Number the Beast. Why start your album with that? You have to start with Number the Beast. It's annoyed me since the very first time I heard it. But this is uh, it's, this is not as egregious, but surely your album starts with Bummer. Has to, right? Okay. But, uh, you know, so Dead Man Tells No Tales, Dead Man Tells No Tales. It's, it's a, a really great song. It is, but it's a really mellow Gonna burn, burn, gurn, gurn, gurn. Like it's why I'm mixing it up. It like the album kind of starts slowly, you know. Lawman is great. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, Sweet Revenge is okay. Yeah, yeah. Sharpshooter is I love it. Yeah, it's killer. Poison is amazing. Yeah. Stone Dead Forever killer. Oh yeah, it's um. Uh, All the Aces is good. Step Down and Talking Hat maybe are the weakest songs here. Uh, but Bomber is uh, then again a, a pure classic killer. Hang on. Can I just pause you for one second? Yeah. And Yeah, Zoom is trying to... Um, well, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, Bomber. It's the Bomber. I mean, Bomber is, uh, yeah, I mean, Stone Dead Forever is amazing. All the Aces, classic. Step Down and Talking Head, I don't remember that well. No, it's kind of the weakest songs here. Yeah. And then uh, but, you know, let's say the side one is uh, is the Bulletproof one. Yeah. And we have three really good songs on side two. Yeah. Which it's makes a really good album. Yeah. And of course, you can see already here that uh, Filthy Animal Taylor has uh, become Filthy Animal Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I mean this this who, sums up his life, right? Yeah, who would let you, you? I mean, if anybody in the band said to me, "Hey, this is my picture I want to put in the cover," I'd be like, "No," but for some reason, it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's you, you can see. I mean, that Lemmy is like you know hung over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, they all look fairly brutal. Yeah. Did I tell you the story about uh, Fast Eddie? No, tell me a story about Fast Eddie. Uh, like a, a year before he died, I sent him, because I'm a big fan of Fast Eddie, I sent him a, uh, I wrote to him on Messenger. Really? Hey, I said, hello, hello, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I mean, if you ever have any guitars from your career, I had I had some money at that time. Right. So if you ever had some guitars from your career that you're willing to sell one summer, yeah. I would I would be highly interested in buying a guitar from you. Wow. And he wrote me back saying which I could not believe that he wrote back. He said, Hi man, I got some thanks for that offer, but uh, right now I'm not into that sort of thinking. And then like a few months later he died. Really? Yeah. You know, it was um, 
that's uh, that flu, that Spanish flu thing, or I think it was that was going around at the time. Maybe it was no, not Spanish, Australian flu, um, which I actually got at the time. It really leveled um, a lot of people. It killed also Chris Sangaridas, I think, the engineer, and a bunch yeah. of other people. I'm um, really, really heavy fucking flu, but yeah, yeah. I saw. Anyway, F, I saw Fastway actually. Let's, yeah. yeah. Let's stay on track. Let's not go into uh, plagues. Well, now this is the, I mean, this is the, you know, the face that launched a thousand shipped ships. This is. Oh, the, yeah. Are uh, we there yet? Wait, well, this is what's next. Yeah. So uh, I think the, fa- uh, the, uh, the coolest uh, story about this is uh, come from Scott Ian. Really? A cool story comes from Scott Ian. Yeah, this is probably the coolest thing he said. He said uh, he bought he bought this in a store, and his first impression was, "Who the hell are these Mexicans, and how come they can play so fast?" <laughs> Look how fucking cool Filthy Phil looks here. I think he looks so fucking. I mean, this is like a beauty contest, right? Yeah, well, Phil wins it. He is so fucking cool on this record. Yeah, yeah, it's you know even the pose and Nikki yeah. Six and everybody just went, yeah, right, okay, we can. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, everything. But this is this is shot in uh, London. Yeah. Just you know, you can see basically Big Ben around the hill. Uh, what version do you got? Have you got there? Well, let me Bron- have- I've got a bronze. Bronze, really? Okay, mine is. 1980 bronze. Yeah, you have original one then. Okay, so I have bronze as well. Bronze records. Is is this the guy Wick Male? That was the guy totally into heroin. Rick Male. Oh, Vic Male. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Rick Male. <laughs> um, Shut Vic up. Male. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he appears to be the guy who was like. Um, oh no, or was that the guy before from Bomber? I think they spoke pretty highly of Vic Mail. I watched the documentary about. There was one other guy that he said was he was basically being dope sick. Yeah, while in the studio. Was that maybe not the guy from Bomber? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but anyway, the, 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 he did a really good job here. Yeah, no, I mean the production is uh, fucking incredible. I mean, I have a CD version here of Castle Communications, which every fucking all okay. 80s bands or you know this is like a 1991 castle okay. communications they just seemed like in the early 90s to buy up all the old metal and rock that nobody give a shit about all your sax and all your angel which all your venom and stuff uh i'm gonna show you something here that i realized lately uh if you go on spotify which i don't like talking about but anyway no uh there is an expanded version oh yeah of his album and on that version you can see this that obviously they were working around the clock because you can see here ace of spades alternative version yeah yeah it's not it's you can it's how 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 fine the margin is between song being a classic and being a meh yeah okay. yeah exactly that's a good point it's it's not the masterpiece it's no. like some song it's a song by Motorhead, but it's if they hadn't changed it, we wouldn't be doing this show. No, certainly not. No, it's um, well, I mean, maybe, but it certainly wouldn't be the the you know the most classic 
metal song of all time <laughs> in the in the version it was before. Certainly not. Yeah. So obviously they were uh, they were really uh, you know polishing the uh, every corner really I, well. I wonder how much Vic Mail is a producer. So. Continue. Three, two, one. Back in action. Yes. After a brief coffee break. Right. Well, I yep. mean, this, you know, Ace of Spades is the album that fucking... I made of, Motorhead. Yeah, it kind of made them the absolute legends, you know, that they... Come on, brain. My brain is not working today. Um, here's a Motorhead cassette of No Remorse. It must be because you stopped taking drugs, right? Yeah, that's that's the reason why. Exactly the same uh, thing happened to Lemmy. Uh, no. When he died, he saw him. Um, no, it's... I mean, Ace of Spades is just... I mean, I don't think that... Um, well, let me look at the songs. Is there any bad song on this, really? Well, let's go over it. Uh, Ace of Spades is in the same standard as Enter Sandman or Smells Like Teen Sprit. It's overplayed. You can't really listen to it, but you'll still air drum with it, right? Um, well, I mean, I would never put those other two songs in the same standard. If you mean it's the well, same, I'm, it's the I'm same talking iconic, about, iconic yeah, status, I, yeah. That's what I'm saying, you know. But More uh, like a Smoke on the Water or, a, yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, my point Par is... Paranoid or something. I listen to this album a lot. But at the gym or out running or whatever. But uh, yeah. I don't listen to a bad song. No. I'll I'll start with the Lummy Like a Reptile. Because that, this whole album without the opening track is just a fucking killer album. Commercially wise, it wouldn't be without it. No. But, I mean, you know, I mean it, it is an incredible song. There's no denying it, you know. Sure, and the Sandman is a cool song as well, but you know, I'm not going to be listening to it in the car or on a CD. No, but um, I mean, Love You Like a Reptile, Shoot You in the Back, Live to Win, Fast and Loose, We Are the Road Crew. I mean, there's four songs there after it that aren't really classics or, well, they're classic, but they didn't remain in the set list. They didn't, you know, like they're cool songs until you get to We Are the Road Crew. Yeah, that lived in the set list. Um, basically, but then another song here is, I mean, Fire, Fire, Fine, Jailbait, Dance, Bite the Bullet, The Chase, Better Than the Cats. That's one of the best motorsport songs ever. Yeah, the last three songs there are killer. I'm not a big fan of Fire, Fire. I don't think that's a great song. I think the chorus... Uh, you know, let's just say it's not a 10 out of 10. It's maybe eight. Um, same with Dance. Jailbait's great, though. I mean, is it a case of an album that is kind of a little bit overshadowed by the title track? It'd be hard to think uh, hard to think of an album that maybe but, but more, then, more yeah, yeah you but know. Alan, then again, what uh I mean what what standards are we talking about here? Back in black or uh, I mean this is an amazing album. Yeah, no doubt. It's just a, uh the title song it's, it's just like an entity breathing different kind of oxygen. But the thing about it is, if we talk about like Back in Black, Back in Black sold whatever. 40 million copies. It's more than that. I think it's more like 50 or 60. But so the, I, yeah. I mean, did this even sell? No, there's nothing like that because it's it's not. 
Uh, not as radio friendly. No, but that's what I mean. Is like this is such a, Ace of Spades is one of the most famous songs like ever in the history of rock and roll or music. I mean, you start that song off, and as soon as you get to Ace of Spades, like my mother knows it, everybody knows it. But yeah, yeah the, the the huge success of that song didn't catapult the album into like five or ten million sales status. You know what I mean? Which is fucking weird when you think about it. That a song could be so synonymous with a band, but it didn't launch. A, you know, of course it launched a career, but what I mean is it didn't launch them into like, they never were a stadium band. They were never a band who were pulling 10,000 no. people show. I mean, I would, I mean, if this, I would imagine this sold million, 200,000 million. Yeah, but million. when are you talking about? Are you talking about by 1980 or the 1990? No, I'm talking about forever. I'm just saying that. Yeah, forever. I mean. I'm just talking you, about Motorhead is a band who, like Ace of Spades is one of the most famous songs ever Okay. Made. But, can you Google? Can, can you do Google work here? Uh, how much did Ace of Spades sell? Okay, that's a bit harder. Um, Ace of Spades, according to uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. it, it did a hundred thousand in the UK, which is gold. It charted mm-hmm. at four in the UK, forty-two in Austria, ten in Germany, thirty-seven in Norway. And are you talking about in nineteen eighty or? Yeah, two hundred and one in the U.S. Billboard Top Two Hundred. I think so. I, I mean, I don't know how many it sold from like nineteen eighty until let's say twenty twenty. I mean, I, 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 I would presume or would hope it sold over a million copies. I mean, the biggest selling Megadeth album is about three and a half million. So, I mean, the fact that could Motorhead not have sold half as much as the biggest? Selling okay, but but let's look look at that. I mean, if we are comparing this to a for instance, uh, ACDC, I mean... Oh, it's no comparison. It's No, it's no comparison because they were more career-driven. They were the brothers, took no bullshit. Well, I, don't, I, never... don't think, I don't think you could say they were more career-driven. I don't think there was a band more career-driven than Motorhead. They were relentless. <sighs> well... They, they just never achieved that. They never achieved that but, no, but they, big commercial <sighs> success. But they were differently, I guess, differently com- career-driven. Motorhead was on the road constantly, but... They are sort of there was there was more bullshit allowed probably in Motorhead than uh, for instance just this imagery drug taking. Sorry, what is it? No, I'm just irritated at. Um, doesn't matter. Go on. And I don't. I don't think that's right to say. I think it's just. I think it's a combination of circumstance, luck, um, many 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 things. I mean, I don't see. I mean. It, it's the point. Point remains. How strange is it that so, that a song that is so fucking huge um, didn't, you know, catapult the band into selling at least two or three yeah. million copies? I mean, look at a band like Rush. Rush were selling way more records. Or um, strange. It, it, it is strange indeed. I mean, even let me say the uh, gained most money on his career by selling two songs to Aussie and around uh, 10 years later, I mean, 10 years after this album comes out, yeah, he's, it's when uh, Metallica doing Lars, when Lars is doing the black album with uh, Metallica and guns are doing user illusion. They invite Motorhead to come to play with them. Mm. And he felt it was like a, almost like charity to bring the old geezer on with them. 
it's hard to find um it's hard to find exact sales on the internet like just off the cuff um but well there's a two cd edition blah 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 Two CD edition is probably the uh, one that I was talking about before with the alternative versions. It's a recent one. Um, release history. It doesn't tell you. I mean, it says it was certified gold in the UK, which is 100,000, but there's no certification for the USA. Okay. Where gold, I imagine, was 500,000. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I would have imagined it would. It should have done the guts of a million copies. So I'll turn that off. It's annoying just trying to talk and look at the Wikipedia. Um but it is, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to say the same thing five times. I mean, I don't think, it's just, it's a bit odd um, that this song became so famous and it didn't catapult the band into. But then again, I mean, I, I suppose in those terms, in, if you're looking at it from the mainstream, like just say from the mainstream at Motorhead, this is the song they're famous for. It's almost like they're a one-hit wonder to pop music. I was exactly. I was thinking exactly the same. They are, to a certain point, to a certain group of folks, a one-hit wonder band. Yeah, a one-song wonder. Let's even say one-song wonder band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 because it sounds terribly, but it's yeah. It's true. I mean, the song is so it's so famous in pop culture. I mean, I was watching Black Books. You know, the comedy with Dylan Moran and Bob Bill Bailey. And Tamsin Grieg in it, really funny. Um, and there's a bit in it where they're drunk and they come back from the pub, and they have a little stereo in the in the you know yeah. the bookshop, and he just presses play and it's they have a dancing competition and it's Ace of Spades. It's just, it's it's where I first saw Motorhead was on the Young Ones, where yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I've seen music, that. Yeah, and they go to the you know the college and everything. It's it's so ridiculously famous as a song, you know. But they yeah, but. Well, I, I don't know why we're doing this uh, comparison with with ACDC. Maybe because yeah, it's not really fair. This yeah, it's not fair. But this came up in 1980, just as back in black. But by that that time, ACDC were with Mutt Lang doing crazy good production. But don't and, forget, don't forget, Highway to Hell had already sold a couple of million copies. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So they I had the a. Uh, said, in the, in the, I don't. I guess the thing is, a Motorhead never broke the USA. Like many hard rock bands in the late seventies. Why is that? Um, I don't. It's hard to say. Maybe the sound was too hard. Maybe it's not what Americans were looking well, for. Well, well, well. It's gonna. We're gonna talk about it soon. It did not help <laughs> bringing Brian Robertson with the rat short hair. No, of course. On, no, of course. But that's that's not for a couple of years yet. I mean, everything is everything is. You've got a, like a classic album or classic lineup of four or five albums here, and there's no reason why. But maybe it's just the fact that they were just too fucking. It's too hard. It's too fast. It's too dirty. You know, America is listening to fucking Van Halen and Boston. Okay, yeah, sure, Turner sure, and, sure. You know, I mean, kind of like I, sunshine, fucking fluff. You know, I I guess Highway to Hell song is a super produced hit song. Verse choruses is the uh, Mutt Lang super hit, and that plows the ground for You Shock Me All Night Long, which is played at Super Bowl halftime yeah. and shit. Yeah, so I mean, we're not we're talking different worlds here than you know, shoot you in the back, or yeah, yeah, of course, but not different worlds. The song Ace of Spades, and that's what's so strange about it. No, but anyway, I mean, you know, it 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 it, it enabled. Motor to have a career until Lemmy died, of course, but at the same but, time. Okay, so tell me, do you know? I mean, 
for uh, when this comes out in 1980, yeah, there's no uh, well, Maiden have done two albums. No, Maiden have done one album by 1980. One, one album, uh, Priest have done six or something. Um, 1980, well, 1980 is British Steel, which is a big fucking year, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, Priest are a household band, uh, uh, there's not, get, yeah, they're getting there, yeah, definitely. they're getting there. No, I mean, 1980, I have, like, Priest Life in Memphis playing a fucking stadium in 1981 or 80. Yeah. Um, I'm not not sure that's quite yet. I think that's more Screaming for Vengeance era. But okay, but my my point is that there's, there's no Slayer, there's no Metallica, of course. The world well, is different. Well, don't forget, 1980 is the year where um, all the punk revisionists, you know, Sounds magazine bullshit said, oh, punk killed metal. But 1980 is... Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, it's Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. It's Rush, yeah. um, fucking Moving Pictures. It's you know Ace of Spades. There's it's there's huge metal records in nineteen. But how 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 big do they get? Quick, I mean, Who? do they get Motorhead? Oh yeah, I mean, do uh, they get big quick? No, um, I don't think they get big quick, but they certainly got big in the UK after this. Yeah, and certainly I'm sure they were able to tour. The USA and bring one, two, two and a half thousand people, but I don't think they ever made it up into the the bigger, you know, pulling six, seven, eight, or a small stadium. And they were they were not opening up for Kiss in nineteen eighty or something like that. I mean, no, no, they were. I think they were just too fucking, too grimy, too hard, too dirty. Maybe. I mean, who because they, the, who, who no. would they support? Who would they support in nineteen eighty? I don't remember? know. I mean, ACDC makes sense to us, but maybe it doesn't make sense in 1980, you know? No, I mean, this is completely different. God, this is like, uh, I don't know. It's the same. Is it the same story with Venom? Venom never made it. They were too grimy, too ugly, too different, too heavy. Well, don't forget the thing about Venom is that when Venom, Venom didn't play a fucking gig to 1983. I they mean, didn't? No. Venom, for some reason, they rehearsed in this church. They made Welcome to Hell for like, nothing in it, like a day or two. They then rehearsed and they made black metal and they still had never played a gig. And then yeah. they made, by 1983, they started, they made a war with Satan. They started making singles of, the, of course, the famous singles and everything. Seven Dates of, Gates of Hell and everything. But I mean, their first gig, I think ever is maybe they didn't, don't start playing gigs till the beginning of 84 when they do Hammersmith kind of, Odeon. Um, they, oh. they do the Seven Dates of Hell with Metallica in support, but for the first two albums, they don't play any gigs. Okay, it's bizarre. So, so they were ahead of that uh, time uh, in black metal as well. With, with that, eighty-two. Yeah, they're ahead of they're ahead of everything, but at the same time behind in everything in a weird mm. way because they didn't grow up in the clubs. They weren't playing like to small places. Like look at Iron Maiden, you know, and the story with them and the Green Goddess thing, the little van they had, and they're playing everywhere they can possibly play. I mean, we played in Bournemouth with Dread Sovereign. I met two old guys, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we saw Maiden." Um, just for the the Soundhouse tapes in like eighty, you know, like the yeah. end of seventy nine, early eighty. So, I mean, Venom weren't doing the road work that I mean, Motorhead were doing tons of road work back then, you know. I mean, that Motorhead was really touring. I mean, I, I can imagine Lemmy being a very popular figure, sort of cool cat to hang with. He was obviously had a household name coming from Hawkwind. Yeah, and I well, mean. That's- being cool. being in this band, looking like that in a yeah. fucking club in London in 1980. I mean, yeah. Do we do we know when they went to America first or? 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Actually, to be honest, I mean, I presume no. they would have been on their way to America first time. I mean, I could, let me put in Motorhead first U.S. tour. It's going to come up now, like Thin Lizzy or something, isn't it? You know, it's going to. But they were hanging together, Phil and Lemmy. Yeah. Okay, the band's first headlining. Motor. All right. God damn it, Janet. What's wrong? What's that a reference from? You need a hug. <laughs> um, that's just put me back to the same pages. Yeah, so the first Top of the Pops was on Overkill. Overkill was on Top of the Pops. Wow, interesting. When is all that girl school thing? That's later, right? Yeah, it's is it about that, yeah, yeah. Ace of Spades, the single, the single Ace of Spades reached number 15 in the UK and the album went to number four. Motorhead appeared on top of the Pops. A UK tour support from Girls School in Vardis. Wow. And the mm. ultimate appearance on the kids TV show Tiz Was, which is back then you can find so many crazy things of bands just being on like morning TV in the UK and stuff. St. Valentine's Day Massacre was 81 collaboration with girl school so um, yeah uh, you know so okay from april to july the band tours north america for the first time as guests of blizzard of oz an early oh, incarnation with Aussie. So with, with Aussie, yeah um so that's that's their first tour for ace of spades so that's in 1980 81 81 81 yeah all right so there you go they the first tour um, and they're, then they came back to Europe and they were supported by Tank. Which, is, I mean, that's a fucking lineup. Tank and fucking Motorhead, man. Can you imagine the drugs being taken with Lemmy and uh, Filthy Animal Taylor and Aussie in, <laughs> uh, in America in 1981? Yeah, it gives me mild uh, heart palpitations just even thinking about it. That must be crazy, man. So then, I mean, we have to shuffle on, but then you get this. Yeah. Then we go to Hammersmith, uh, live at Hammersmith, isn't it? Yeah. And this went into the charts at number one, right? Oh, I bought this in England in Heartland Records. Where's that? Where's that? Do you know this store? No. Can you see it? You can't see it. No, I can't see that. Heartland. Uh, well, this, is, have, this uh, is the original one. This is bronze, 1981. Mine is not. Mine is from 86. This is this Bro. is a fucking brutal fucking record. I mean, you, when you listen to this, you can see why. Oh yeah, they don't fit in supporting. I I, I mean, obviously, obviously or this Boston or Farner. I mean, this is a fucking sledgehammer of a record. You know, like. Uh, sure. I I never um, I never got into it. It sounds weird, but uh, it's a good album. Uh, I I don't really listen to it. I would rather listen to the studios, but uh, mm. you know, I guess this is uh total best of here i mean this is the reason why bands did this to make best of albums yeah and also for fans who are three or four albums in who hadn't got the other two few and they, this was like their you know i mean i mean step into uh, the alan the songs here i mean they open up with ace of spades amazing stay clean metropolis the hammer iron horse no class overkill we have the road crew capricorn bomber more this is crazy good stuff. but if you if you get the re-expanded version of this um, of course, it has lots, like six more fucking killer songs. I mean, there's no chase is better than the catch here. Um, oh, but you know, there is, there is songs missing. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's fucking brilliant. But it's like when they start into, you know, Motorhead, it's fucking brutal, man. The fucking, it's heavy as fuck. Okay, shall we, uh, shall we ask the question, how live is this? I think this one is pretty bloody live. Ah, I mean, uh, you always say that. Sure. But I do think this one is pretty live. I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's, there's no niceties about this record at all. It's just, does, I it have, does, does it have many mistakes? I think it has mistakes, yeah. I, I mean, you can, I think you can hear mistakes when the guitar playing for sure. And there's a few offbeats and stuff like it's yeah. not a, it's not a super tight, tight record. And it's very noisy. Like it's really yeah. noisy. The bass sound is like a fucking sledgehammer. Or bulldozer. Who, who, who? Uh, I mean, it says here. Produced here, by big who, male again. Yeah, but it's down here, with who is it? So Some guess. W here, W. I'm uh, with guest. With who would that be? Yeah. Winger. <laughs> Winger. <laughs> Witchfinder General. No, I don't know who who would be. Um, Wishbone Ash. No. That's too that's no. heavy enough. I don't know. Um, I think. I mean, I think it's a great live album. I, it does sound. I guess so. I mean, live. I mean, all, all the. I mean, who did this? Uh, Kiss did Kiss Alive after the second or third album, yeah, right? If you, if you want blood, you got it. If you want blood, you got it. That's after three albums. Yeah. Um, so Judas, it's it's it was Judas Priest. You know, Priest Life or East. Unleashed in the East, yeah, Unleashed in the East, yeah. Well, that's, so this is a good album. I mean, this is the only live album we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. So what's next? Uh, well, the next, the next Iron Fist. Yeah. This is not a good album, Alan. Um, I'll 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 go into bat for it and think it. I'll say that was very convincing, Avril. I would say oh, yours has a white logo. Mine is 1987 uh, re-release. Castle what, Classics. Let, let me see your logo. Is it red? Yeah, mine's red. And mine is grey. Well, uh, this I'll, is bronze. This is bronze 82. Okay, so you have the original one, yeah. I mean, I think that Iron Fist is one of my very, very favorite Motorhead songs. I think it's an hey, absolute fucking Stonewall classic. Don't get me wrong. It's a brilliant song. That's but, it. But it overshadows the rest of the album. But I think yeah. the album, I think the album is better than, I think the album is better than people give it credit for. And also, if you have the CD reissue, there's songs like "Me Remember Me I'm Gone," "Let Me Go," Ooh, look "Remember at Me that. I'm Gone." Is Shit. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Are you ready? Yeah. Let me see your underwear. I have none. Okay, you ready for mine? Yeah, go for it. Wow! God damn it! That's a fucking inlay. Look at that, man. Holy shit. It's fucking crazy, good man. Also, there's a great, there's a great poster or like logo or advertisement. Dude. Have you ever seen Pop. one? Yeah, it's amazing. Can you can you do a screenshot like this? <laughs> Look at that. Please do, please do a screenshot. I mean, this is this is seriously yeah, but, good stuff. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the one where they have the ad and Lemmy is up on the cross and the other two are Roman soldiers oh. and he's sharpening his sword? They took okay. some great band photos back then. But I, I will argue this is better than people um, remember. Heart of Stone is a fucking good song. I'm the okay, doctor, so okay. No, really. Sex and Outrage and Loser aren't great. America, I like. Shut It Down no. is good. Don't Let Him Grind You Down. All right. Yeah, it's not brilliant. I mean, certainly after Ace of Spades, it's disappointing. Um, 
But how, 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 I mean, okay, how fast do they do this? What are Motorhead doing in 1981? Touring Ace of Spades. Yeah. And this is, this comes out, um, 82. They start recording this in January 82. So, so when did they out. write, when did they write this? 81. Uh, literally on the road, I guess. Okay. I have something cool here. I have, uh, tour dates from, uh, well, what do you got there? Oh, yeah, same one. See, I have tour dates. Oh, yeah, that's with um, that's with a girls' school, I'm pretty sure. Iron Fist Tour 82, uh, March. They're playing Aberdeen. Yeah, of course. They're playing Glasgow, Edinburgh, Leeds, Teesside. What the fuck is Teesside? It's a town in England. Where? Teesside is in Teesside, um... like, like D. Snyder. Teesside. Let me see it. D, hang on, where is it? London, D side. After wow. Leeds. I presume that's supposed to be T side, which is D side. I don't know. It says D side, like <laughs> D side. <laughs> anyway, they do three gigs in uh, Newcastle and uh, City Hall, and they do four gigs in uh, Hammersmith Odeon. Also, the cover is fucking crap. You know, I mean, why can't the cover be that the band photo that you've got there? I mean, the, the single looks cool. I mean, this here, this is totally fucking, this is total fucking battery, man. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's even got the, they even got the helmet, see. Why not make, why isn't this the cover instead of this stupid fucking. Okay, how much do you think that Lemmy was in an office with a graphic designer and scissors? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can how see much? it. You can see it, yeah. I mean, but then again, I mean, this is, why isn't this the cover? I mean, this is just yeah. crazy cool. That would be super cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's totally cool. P -p Pretty handsome. Oh, he looks like a, he looks like a cast from a I mean, it's, it's such an answer. That, that image is such an answer to all the people who go, oh, Motorhead was never heavy metal. I mean, come on to fuck. That's just can, stupidly can you, heavy metal. Can, can you do a screenshot again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't work because I've all got these other things open. Um, but I mean, yeah. Let me hear. Let, Motorhead were just rock and roll. I mean, Iron Fist is the album where they almost, you know, it, they completely embraced heavy metal. Really, you know. Do you think they're uh, trying to reinvent themselves for uh, Ace of Spades? Because this is kind of they're trying very dark. I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, are they trying to reinvent themselves a bit for heavy metal? I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is. It's hard to know. Where do you think this comes from? I mean, you know, they're playing Mexicans one day and they have like this iron helmets with a uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian or... Uh, I think they're really, you know, really, they're really, really thinking about image. They've really sat down and I'm, I presume the um, Ace of Spades is being influenced by Sergio Leone and all the, you know, spaghetti westerns. Yeah. This I'm not sure of. I presume there's got to be some you know, sort of medieval imagery or war kind of stuff going on. But he was very thankful. He's a thinking man, let me, yeah. with the whole history think of, you know, outfits and imagery. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, I mean, so I don't think Iron Fist is terrible. I think it's a, it's a seven out of 10 record. Like it's, it's bloody good. I have a, I have a, I don't, a think, I don't think it's terrible. I think if you were to, if you get the expanded CD and you put, remember me, I'm gone. And a few others in there, I okay. think it's, I think it's not bad. I have a uh, if this was a pop up video, I'm gonna come here with uh, uh, an interesting fact for the audience. Okay. Uh, me and a guy called Alan Averill 
used to sing this with a Finnish band called Korpiklani. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you singing with Korpiklani. Yeah. Me being a drunk backup singer. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. It's like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I And I've been playing it with my covers band as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have some uh, stuff coming on the screen in remaining meeting time. Fucking bullshit. Ten minutes. Fuck me. So maybe we'll just have to keep re-recording it till it throws us off. What's next? Well, oh, I have, I have a, I have another one here. Oh, this is later. Just some live stuff. Doctor, live at Brixton. Oh yeah, no, that's that's late eighties, isn't it? Eighty nine, ninety. It even has a weird. It's a Roadrunner. Mm. Yeah, they've anyway. been Roadrunner for a while. I think this is a super underrated record. I think it's great. This record. is. Uh, I don't have this on vinyl. I have this on CD. This is a great, great album. Brilliant, um, brilliant album. I re- I think it's uh well, like Lemmy said, everybody fucking hated it when it came out. Yeah. But I think this is a, a sort of a jewel in their collection. Yeah, totally. It's 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 got it's it's a bit more. There's a bit more, it's a bit thoughtful, it's a bit maybe introspective, there's a bit more, it's not got its foot to the pedal all the time. I mean, so, you know, Dancing on Your Grave is fucking, that's a brilliant, brilliant song. I'm going to find the, find the track list here. Another Perfect Day. Well, the, Okay, so we've got Back at the Funny Farm. This is great. Let me see. Okay, hold on. Back, back at the Funny Farm is great. I love it. Yeah. Shine. Okay, Shine is one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a total fucking classic, and even they made a video with it. It's really yeah. cool. Dancing on your grave is great. I mean, uh, dancing on your grave is really. They even played that uh, on some gigs in the last ten years in the career. Yeah, yeah. Rocket, another good song. Good, great song. One track mind. Yep. Great. Even M Tunt covered it. Lars yeah. did not cover it. Shut up. Another perfect day. Great song. Marching off to war. Great. great. I good. got mine. I, I got mine. Is I would say. I, one of the better songs on this album. Yeah. I got mine. Tales of Glory is good. Weird cartoon on the inside of the record. Yeah. I'll, I only have this on CD somewhere. I think it's it's a really, really great record. That It has a strange sense of melancholy to it. Or like but, the, lyri- but, the lyrics are yeah. a bit almost not. The lyrics are a little bit sort of, I won't say romantic, but almost like Lemmy feels a bit tired, a bit worn out, looking back a bit back and it's a it's a strange record it's got a sort of but introspection it, it, to it a little bit of melancholy but it's but this is brilliant. this is this is only 1983 i mean that's a yeah. long same year metallica and uh yeah. slayer did the first albums uh, but of course the big elephant here is the uh elephant in the room is uh brian robertson yeah i mean his playing is great on the record his playing is great. Uh, everybody, every, I mean, don't forget, everybody fucking hated it. There's yeah. some co- chorus sounds effects on the guitars. There's a lot of, it's a little bit of new wave touch here. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's even just a bit too musical for, for what you know, for the time. Yeah, but you know, like too musical or just a little bit of too much of a new wave guitar I is. I don't think it's new wave. I think there's some tasteful bluesy kind of solos. I don't think it's yeah, no, I know. I'm talking about there's some the, he has different sounds on the guitar. Yeah. It's a very different sounding yeah. guitar than Fast Eddie yeah. or think, uh Phil Campbell or yeah. he has a couple of different textures, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that's what I'm referring to. But the songwriting is really, really excellent. And also the vocals here, there's some really good choruses, like where he's actually 
you know, hitting a couple of different levels and there's some back and cool back and vocals. Yeah. I think it's I think it's musically a really, really accomplished record. And I think it's people uh, it took Do a, you it wanna took 20, it took twenty years for people to like it. I would I would almost say that maybe the songs are better than on Ace of Spades. Some of nah. them okay. But do you wanna hear the uh, Metallica fact of the day? Oh fucking hell. All right, go on. Uh, this is James Hetfield's favorite uh, Motorhead album. I mean, I think, honestly, I think the Dancing on Your Grave, I would take that over Fire Fire or Jailbait or... Sure, I would take Shine, I Caught Mine, over the same songs you mentioned. Yeah, or over some of the, you know, lesser lights of Ace of Spades. I would take them over it. I think they're more... But there's only, there's only like a couple of lesser lights on Ace of Spades, like two songs, but... What are the lessons? What are what are the weakest songs here? Uh, okay, well, dance, dance. Let's say dance, J uh, fire, fire. I could have, I could do without them on Ace of Spades, and I could certainly think, I could think of certainly songs here that are as good. I mean, the opening four, back of the funny farm, shine, dancing on your grave, and rocket, fucking great. Yeah, one track minus great. Uh, I mean, this is a great, great album. So, uh, yeah. it's a bit. The artwork leaves me a little bit. Cold, it's cool, but it's it's it could be better. So what are we up to next then? Well, this is what's next. And this is one of the only compilation albums worth talking about, and that's no remorse. No remorse. But then again, it's the fucking compilation. I mean, this are we talking about another album with uh well, the, overkill and bomber and killed by death. The reason but, I but, the reason I say it's so good is because it has killed by death on it. Which, yeah, but okay, let's stop there for a while. Is this the first time that Killed by Death appears? Yeah, first time. So for what? Just uh, a new song on a compilation album? Yeah. And they make a video with Killed by Death? Yeah. And becomes a hit, of course. Kind of, yeah. So the band play Five Dates in Japan, Mid-Europe, Another Perfect Day Tour. Robertson begins to cause friction in the band as a result of his onstage attire consisting of shorts and ballet shoes and with his point-blank right. refusal to play the old standards. I mean, just fuck you, Brian Robertson, you fucking dickhead. You know, ballet shoes on, on <laughs> tour? Fuck off. I'm surprised. What I'm really surprised is that Lemmy even <sighs> allowed him for a moment. Just fuck you. Like, you know, but, you know, wha but what's going on there? I mean, drugs. I tell you it's drugs. And I'd say it's, a, it's his ego, which is just like his ego, which I've heard was completely out of control, even when he was in Lizzie and stuff. His ego is saying, um, I've joined this band who has a history of being a tough, macho rock band. You know what? Fuck all. Fuck you. Fuck all your fans. Fuck your legacy. Fuck your whatever else. I'm going to be the center of attention, and I'm going to come on stage. Do whatever wearing, it takes. Do whatever yeah, it takes. I'm going to in my cocaine haze. I'm going to come on stage wearing ballet shoes. Honestly, if that was anyone in in a band with me, it would be like you're not. You won't even step foot on the stage. Forget no. it. Forget it. Your playing no, is no. great. Fired on day one. But Fire. this is so weird. I mean, well, there's a reason why he only lasted one album. And it's a reason why after this, he was never in anything ever again. What the no, fuck did I, he I, ever I, do? I, I saw, I saw there was some documentary about something. I can't remember what it was about, but they would show a video with him recent years, let's say yeah, 10, he's, 15 years. He's fucked. He sort of, yeah, he's a bum, toothless, and it's a very sad. He looks terrible, very yeah. drug, drug shaped. Yeah, I mean, he just basically, you know, he just basically, I think, just kept on partying from this moment to that. I'm sure these are stupid cocaine decisions where he's just like, 
he's walking around town earlier on doing a few lines. He went, oh, look, at ballet shoes. Uh, I could borrow them. That would be funny. No, it's not funny. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it's sad. Um, but, you know, you've got then Pete Gill, drummer from Saxon, joins, um, which is, um, you know. But anyway, killed by death. Blah, blah, blah. No remorse. So, so hold on, hold on. Is is Filthy fired here or does he quit? Um, did I leave them or did they leave me? Uh, Taylor quit the band after that recording. After Killed by Death? Yeah, it's, it appears to be. He quit the band in 1983. Um, For what reason? I don't know. It's hard to say. I think I think it must have been that tour after Robertson. He was just like, fuck this, had enough. This is where they hired Wurzel and Phil Campbell. So Wurzel yeah. and Phil Campbell playing Killed by Death. I mean, great. Replace, replacing Brian Robson with Wurzel, who's infinitely cool. I don't think I don't think Phil Campbell was, Campbell was ever really cool, and he did his he did his best to fuck it up by wearing Hawaiian shirt shirts and shorts and various stages of the nineties. But Wurzel was fucking. No, I think it's more like a solid guy. I mean, he was yeah, never. He's guy. a good, great guitar player. He could, you know, he was on the sideline doing his things. He didn't fuck up. Great no, rock guitar yeah, player. He still. He still Played gigs wearing shorts. But Alan, 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 he still has his teeth. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not. That's fine. But he still. Yeah, but was, yeah. But you know, shorts it, on stage. That's enough. If you're gonna, you've got some grudge against people in shorts on stage. Anything. If you if you take liberties with rock and roll, and you go, oh, I'm too comfortable in this. I'm gonna wear boating shoes. And a fuck off. I Never. agree. I agree. Uh, wow, look at this. Nineteenth. November to 15th December, they toured America with speed metal band Exciter. Wow. Oh. After No Remorse. And then they came, and then Danish heavy metal band Merciful Fate in Germany. Wow. So they're it's strange. They're 1983 trying to get back in with the heavy metal crowd. This is about to stop now. Hang on. Stupid fucking thing. Less than a minute. I can't find my orgasmatron. Let, let me pause it. So you were saying you were talking to your dealer? What? I was saying we're back at the funny farm. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, okay, we've just... I mean, I I personally, just to go back to this for a moment, I love No Remorse, except for Louis Louis, which can fuck off. But um, I... It was one of the first Motorhead... Actually, it's this cassette. was one of the first cassettes I got when I was about... Um, I don't yeah. know, 12 or something. And I'm using it as a stand for my uh, pop shield here. But um, I think it's a great compilation. It's just the way that it runs it together. And, you know, Kill, Killed by Death is enough. Um, and also, Sure, sure, great. fine. It's a, it's, it's a brilliant song. I mean, you know, just, it's, it's a compilation. Yeah, it is. But it's cool. Okay. I like it. So we are at... Um, we're at another another interesting record. So let me just go to the... Yeah, okay, so... Let me just go to the timeline here. But this is my favorite Motorhead artwork, by the way. This one. I think this is fucking amazing. Um, so let's go. So April 1985, right? Okay, so this is weird, right? End of um, 85, the band are starting to expand across and tour a bit. But they're touring with Exciter, Merciful Fate. They appear on the Tube, um, which is an amazing appearance. Um... Hammersmith Odeon on the end of 85 to do the birthday party um, video, which is great, where Phil or Philina pops up and doesn't know what he's playing. He's out of his fucking head. But, okay, so 
March 26 to 3rd April, the band tour Easter Metal Blast. Lots of metal going on. And um, they band's management start their own label, GWR. So this is now we get to Orgasmatron. So this yeah. is this is released August nineteen eighty five. This is a fucking weird, weird record. I mean the production. It's, a, it's it's. I mean the production is weird. It's a really totally weird. different soundscape. Um, but well, but uh, Alan, this this is a completely different band. There's three new yeah. guys here. Yeah, Pete Gill from Saxon. Not a good um, drummer. Um, he's okay. I mean, I I I love this footage of Moda playing. Somewhere in '84, they're they're on um, morning TV in the UK, playing in a bunch of ruined tower blocks, and it's yeah. called um, it's and Pete Gill's all right, but he ain't. I've he seen ain't, that. Yeah. He ain't filthy Phil, but he's all right. But this is a strange record. What what's your what's your underwear like? This is cool. Oh, well, the thing is, I have I have a, I have a yeah. I have this. Hey, eat your heart out, Avril. Ah! Ah, look at that. Yeah. This is pretty good. I mean, this is how it should be. I mean. Yeah. But the, the thing, the, the thing, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love this record. I love the, the claw mean machine. Is fucking hey, 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 hey. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I have a, sorry. This is really fucking cool. This Death Forever here artwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's awesome, isn't it? Okay, I have a, I have a, the first time I saw you, DJ ever was at Roadburn maybe 10 years ago yeah. um, 8 years ago and I think the first song you played in the DJ set was uh, uh, Mean Machine yeah oh, Built for Speed oh. yeah, yeah 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 great song uh, I mean okay let's give it Wurzel he really looks the part here yeah while Pete Gill doesn't no, Pete Gill, we came from Persian Risk. Um, I mean, you know, well, this is 80, you know, this is what, 80, 86, all right? So you've got a couple of years. 86 is now we've got, we're in the era of Motley Crue and Def Leppard and bigger hair. And everybody's sure. got bigger hair except Lemmy. Where does it so look I, like I, one of the remotes? I, th I think, I think the funny thing was uh, the... Um, they look pretty what? fucking cool here, though. They don't look uncool. Yeah, uh, I think Mickey D said it the best. Mickey D was saying, "Pete Gill, uh, not a good drummer." And uh, he said, "Pete Gill, an okay drummer, with no style." Yeah, filthy animal Taylor, not a good drummer with great great style. Yeah, and Mickey D, great great drummer with no style. <laughs> I think he has a good style. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I like. I like the old Modad, which is more rough hi hat work and tom work. Yeah, and... yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Anyway, anyway so this is a good the, album. The thing about this record that really I find really strange is like when you hear Mean Machine, when it comes in with the bass from the snare, it's like there's a an echo, like they've recorded it in a huge room. Okay, and not, sorry. And not, yeah, I'm confusing the song you would play with Bill for Speed. This is a way better song. 
Built for Speed's a great song. But the point is the drum production on this album is so fucking weird. It's I like think the, it's just a victim of the 80s big uh, no, no, reverb. No, no, it's and, not. No, no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not. It's something entirely different. I understand the big reverse reverb snares. And the yeah. Big, this is not what this is. If you listen to this, you almost hear like a mirror back of the drums. You hear gooch, gooch, And it's like you can hear this. Like it, like as if the sound is rebounding back at you. See, so you can hear like doubles okay. up, double who up is, some of the hits. It's bizarre. Who is this? Who is this? Bill Lass. Bill Laswell. I'm not googling anything up here, but I have to do this. The name Bill Laswell producer. The name rings a bell. Bill Laswell producer. What did he produce? Uh, he did like an Alice Cooper record or something. Are you doing it there? Uh, Public Image Limited. Uh, whoa, this is really weird. Google it up for yourself. You can tell me. You read it out. Uh, discography. List of Ambient's career. Uh, this is really... Is there anything relevant that he did? I'm just seeing Scorn, Ossie Osborne, Tori Amos. Minus no, nails. No, this is pre-86. It can't be Tori Amos. What did he no, do? what he did what he did later on. Okay, well what did he do in the late 70s or the early 80s? Uh can't tell. Well, uh, he became a member of the band Last Exit in 1986. All right. Okay. Last one produced albums for Sly and Robbie, Mick Jagger, Public Image Limited, Ramones, Iggy Pop, and Yoko Ono. Iggy Pop, all right. Not too far from us. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, it's a weird. I don't get me wrong. I, I love this record, and I think it's got a great um, character. Yeah, but this is this is this era. Uh, it's not my favorite. Uh, no, I mean it's good I, songs here. Well, Orgasmatron is great. Orgasmatron, I mean, I mean, okay, Death Forever is good. Uh, mean uh, Machine is fine. Beautiful Speed is good. The Claw uh, is good. The Claw is sure. I mean, my point is, this album is way better than the next one, which is sort of in the same era. I'm not sure about that. I'm not uh, sure. I'll, I'll think, argue that, and then we can leave. <laughs> we, we, we can. I'll argue that. This is my favorite Motorhead artwork, that's for sure. And that's what's it's cool. I have the shirt of it. Woo! I also have an Iron Fist shirt somewhere, but anyway. Well, um, you have a you have an Iron Fist what? Let me see. Shirt. Sure, I'll fuck that, man. Yeah. You don't have this. No, that's true. Well only four quid. So okay. not bad. I mean, I I like Orgasmatron. I think Another Perfect Day is a better record. You know. I that's uh, a perfect day is way better than this. I mean, I would not say that this is a great, great record. It's a good record. So, would you say then that another perfect day is kind of like flicker the switch to a uh, fly on the wall? No, it's not that bad. Fly on the wall is terrible. Flick of the switch is good. Okay, I think that I like this record, but I, I will say this about this record. This is the first record by Motorhead that I bought, just like near to when it came out. Okay, then it's then, then you're talking about emotional stuff. This a is not a bit. good album, Avril. This is not a good album. 
Well, I think it's better than you remember. I listened to it recently. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think Side One is great. Rock and Roll Eat is the- a great song. Eat the Rich is good. Blackheart is great. Stone Deaf in the USA, I really like. Now, Side Two, mm. I'm not really into Traitor. Dogs isn't great. And The Boogeyman isn't great. But All For You and The Wolf are pretty good. All For You is kind of a, yeah. you know, kind of a song that could have been anyway. on a Judas Priest Turbo or something. Well, the funniest thing is that uh, Filthy Animal Taylor is back here. Yeah. Also, I think maybe this is the best artwork. Maybe this is. I, I look at the fucking cool detail at the bottom, all the little warriors and stuff. It's kind of cool. I mean, why? It's what's who okayed this picture? Um, Phil Campbell just with dirt on his face. I mean, looking. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Whereas Wurzel is uh, and Filthy Phil are looking cool. I think this record is better than people make out. Yeah, but I know. I think you know. Uh, well, let me see this. Ooh. So where is the Lars Ulrich uh, puke picture? Oh, here it is. See, Lars is here. Is he? Yeah. Uh, he's not puking on anyone, but it's a picture of Lars there. Yeah, the yeah. Sissel twins with Lars oil rig. Mm. I don't know. I think I think this is a good record. I mean, the production is good, but way better than Orgasmatron. It's here. Here's the Lars puking himself. Oh yeah. Welcome home, filthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, and the weird um, bit by what's his name from Monty Python? Um, Lars Ulrich. No, you fucking idiot! Uh, my, my, oh Lord, bless these gentlemen from Motorhead that they may buy one more pair of trousers in their life. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Damon Stain. You know who I mean. Anyway. Uh, Michael Palin. Michael fucking Palin. Michael this is also Palin. Roadrunner Records, which is interesting. Uh, mine is not. Mine is uh, GWR Records. Yeah, at the, t- at the corner it should say Roadrunner, right? No, it does not say. All right, okay. 1987 DWR Records. But this is brilliant artwork, and this is maybe the last Motorhead art- artwork that I really, really love. You know, I mean... Well, come to think about it, uh, I haven't thought about it. Let me see. Sure. Well, I also think that if you've got... Okay, I've got the CD of Rock and Roll here, which has extra tracks, Cradle to the Grave, and just because you've got the power. Oh, yeah, because they're from this. Eat the Rich. One of the few 12 oh. inches I have, which is pretty cool. Remember, the, did you ever see the movie Eat the Rich? It's kind of no. Young One's movie. It's not great, but yeah, just because you not got the power and cradle to the grave. Good songs. Not seeing it. Anyway, so uh, this is done. Uh, tell me, honestly, uh, out of 10, how many um, words is this? Four seven. words out of 10. Seven, seven. words out of 10. Um, I think this is... Yeah, I, I would... I would give this an Iron Fist both. There's not really a Motorhead album I don't like. We don't, but once we, to get lower than seven, we've got to go into the 90s, late 90s for me. Sure, um, we're not there yet, which no. we'll do in the second time. I, would, I, would, I think this is a good seven out of ten record, same as Iron Fist. Seven out of ten, really, now? Six and a half. I wouldn't give it six. It's better than six. Okay. Okay, six and six next up. Six and a half out of six ten. Six and a half, okay, fine. Uh, next album, it's... Uh, 
Well, we're not going to talk about uh, Live at Brixton, which I have here. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's click on Perm. What is it? Okay, so let me just let me just read you something else. So, um, 87, the movie Eat the Rich, Robbie Coltrane, Kathy Burke, comic strip. Um, who are they touring with for rock and roll? It doesn't really say. Hey, I have this here. This is the next album in the catalog. Uh, someone had to painted over it live at okay listen to this so for listen to this for for um rock and roll they're touring with zodiac mind warp and the love reaction whereas three years previously they were touring with merciful fate Mm. yeah okay so eat the rich especially for the film okay so then we get to the that's the end of the 80s so yeah. um, they continue with this record touring. And so there's three. That's weird when you think about it. So that means that from Orgasmatron to the 90s, you've just got the one record. And that's... Um, uh, that's um, What do you mean? One record roll. from Orgasm? The rock and roll? Rock and 87. That's the, the only record then. When then we go into the 90s. Maybe we should leave it there and do the second part from 1990 on. Sure. So I mean, what do they do from 1987 till 90? I mean, just play live. Yeah, they it's just the play same, live. But because it's the same lineup on rock and roll and on 1916. Yeah, so they it's keep not, it, they keep it together. They also signed to Epic. Mm. And, so um, I think it, this is. I actually think this is where Lemmy goes to live in LA. Probably because this is the first time that four years, Alan, between studio albums. Mm, yeah that's never happened in the history of the band before that no i think that's when he moves to la and i think all that kind of stuff you know it's got to be that so he, when he gets his new teeth and lives in hollywood new teeth and lives in hollywood yeah yeah and they signed to epic which is a big record okay so we'll do the next episode we'll continue on uh first world war all right okay let's press 